football show my name is miles roll the dice in vegas baby what a great monday night football game we are enjoying our prime time games in nfl week one the opening of uh or the the brady dak battle on thursday night football the opening of the la sofi stadium was cool but the opening of the vegas death star was epic there's a great played game between the baltimore ravens and the las vegas raiders uh full filled with just an insane ending just insane it was a well-played game you know the ravens took the early lead i thought lamar jackson looked fabulous at first and then i was actually a little disappointed in him later uh but at first he i mean playing from the pocket a lot of rhythm a lot of great stuff they talked about a wider base to throw from i I don't know but he did seem to have a lot lot of rhythm and then third quarter was bad for lamar and and better for Derek carr uh and the raiders and uh darren waller (laughs) And, and Brian Edwards, a lot of great stuff. They came back. Uh, Lamar turned into 2019 Lamar, making it happen with his legs. You know, it was fun. Uh, the Raiders tied it, and the Ravens said, you know what? No. And they made this beautiful drive with, with Lamar's legs down to kick the Justin Tucker clutch. Game winner. Go up by three with 40 seconds left. Raiders got no timeouts. The Death Star was stunned. But Derek Carr drives them 40 yards in 40 seconds to set up a 55-yard answer by Carlson. The Vegas Death Star was rocking. Absolutely rocking. Then Vegas wins the coin toss. And if there's something Vegas loves, it's coin toss. That's gambling, baby. They win. They win it. They get the ball first. Everybody's pumped. They're doing their video poker on the back of their seats. They're having a blast. It's the opening of the Death Star. And Carr bombs it to Brian Edwards. Underthrown. Edwards comes under it. Beautiful play. Gets it. Dives through the pylon. Called a touchdown on the field. Death Star is rocking again. That was so fun. But I love the ref. And and everyone probably at home saying, "Eh, the game is not over. The game is not over. The game is not over. (laughs) The ref had to say it like three times, but the players weren't listening. Derek Carr and Lamar Jackson are casually in midfield shaking hands. You know, they look like they're just about to go home. Uh, The ref said, he said it wasn't over, over the, over the intercom people. Um, But uh, they reverse it. They say Edwards was down at the one. They try to, QB sneak it. Carr gets stuff for the gold line. There's offsides by Leatherwood. Oh we'll talk about that later. Carr with a just a terrible throw. Way too hard of a throw to Willie Sneed. Picked. It goes from celebrating the game at midfield to not even getting a field goal. It's intercepted at the goal line by the Ravens. The Death Star is stunned. The Death Star is stunned. And I'm thinking, okay, against all odds the ravens are going to win this game they're going to drive down the trench run here lamar jackson is going to take the luke skywalker proton torpedoes and just pump them right into the exhaust port maybe it'll be justin tucker hitting the proton torpedo into the exhaust port they just need to drive and need a field goal now to win 
I was all ready for a lot of Star Wars metaphors of a visiting team going into the Death Star and winning against improbable odds. It was going to be a great podcast where we would have followed that analogy all the way to the very end, uh, including a Porkins reference and surely uh, many, many quotes from that memorable Death Star scene. But that in this version... In this version, Luke Skywalker slash Lamar Jackson is in the trench run and Darth Vader just goes in behind him and just shoots him and the, and he fumbles. He fumbles the force. He fumbles the force. They get the ball back. The Death Star loads up deep to Zay Jones, wide open, wide open. And after all these swings, there's no doubt about this one. Carr to Jones, an instant Monday night classic in Vegas. I loved, I, I you know, I'm no fan of the ESPN Monday night announcers, but Greasy, I think it was Greasy, maybe it was Riddick, but I love their call. Was it Waller? Was it Ruggs? Was it Edwards? No. Give me Zay Jones on the bingo card. Awesome. Awesome game. Awesome Monday night football game. Great way to end week one. It was a lot of stuff. We got a lot to talk about here. Uh, follow us on at MUK football under, sorry, MUK underscore football at Twitter. Uh, subscribe on Spotify or Anchor or iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts to the Muckle Teal football show. Uh, today, we're going to talk about Jameis Winston, Saints quarterback Jameis Winston. Has there been a better week one? following a long Hall of Fame quarterback career than what Winston did uh, uh, this week. We'll talk about Browns Chiefs, big game for the AFC. We'll do memes of the day, winners of the day, losers of the day, and then we will be back on Thursday to preview week two. Got some gambling corner pick'ems and just general NFL fun. So we're shows Monday and Thursday, Sunday if there's something crazy. So what a game. What a game. I, I won't say Carr was amazing and Lamar Jackson sucked. I'm sure that that's it's just the ending was so great. And I just broke down the ending for five minutes. I, I What a game. What a game. A beautiful opening for the Death Star in Las Vegas, which is so close to the strip. I can't wait to go there one day. Um, and the, the other stadium, Los Angeles Stadium, I also want to go there. Just looks beautiful. Just looks beautiful. Looks like an Avengers facility. It looks fake. It looks like a CGI stadium in an Avengers movie. The LA stadium opened with the let's get ready to rumble guy. I was shocked to see he was still alive. Glad he got to do that and open the stadium up. I know they played in these stadiums last year, but not really. There was no fans. So I, I'm, that's a hard no. These were the openers for these stadiums. Um, I was surprised that the let's get ready to rumble guy has a brother who has a much less memorable catchphrase of it's time. <laughs> Apparently he's like the UFC guy or whatever. Just the music was great at the opening uh, where oh, that they were doing over the, over the it's time guy, but let's get ready to rumble is significantly better than it's time. It's time is like, you know, we're about to go to the park and, or, or we're about to, you know, head out to a birthday party, you know, our four-year-old's birthday party or something. It's time. <laughs> Just what a catchphrase. Anyway, uh, the other opening stadium was a tougher sell for excitement, but I do want to make the case that the Rams, the, the Los Angeles Rams victory comfortably putting away the Chicago bears on Sunday night football, christening SoFi stadium in LA for them. Of course, the chargers will then christen it for themselves as well. But the, the, this was the true opener for the stadium with fans and everything. The case that this, you know, this could be one of 
the good um, documentary pivot points in the story of McVeigh, especially if there's major success in the Rams future, that, that this game could be a major pivot point, a major moment in a documentary. And I'll explain why. What was the moment that you knew that Jared Goff sucked? I'll tell you my moment, and it's probably a lot of people's moment. It was Sunday Night Football 2018 against the Chicago Bears. It was at Soldier Field, but it was Goff, this 180-yard, four-interception performance. And now you're thinking, oh, well, that sounds like Goff. He has those games. He has the good games, had the bad game. At that time, we didn't know that. We didn't know that. We thought McVay had fixed Goff. We thought Goff was all due to Jeff Fisher. We thought his rookie struggles were all due to Jeff Fisher. And he came in 2017. And he came in 2018. And the Rams are just winning games. For one and a half years, the Rams came to a fever pitch under Jared Goff and Sean McVay. They were 11-1 and in 2018. A couple weeks earlier, they had outdueled the MVP, Mahomes, in a very memorable Monday Night Football game. <laughs> Rams versus Chiefs, one of the best games ever. At this time, before this Chicago Sunday Night Football game in 2018, we were talking about Goff as the best in the 2016 draft class over Wentz and Dak as an afterthought. We were talking about, is Goff in the Mahomes category? He did just beat Mahomes, didn't he? How did we all miss this? The spark of the Goff, Gurley, Woods, Cup, Brandon Cook's offense, winning games. They're 11-1, right? And fantasy football, it was thrilling. That was the peak. And Chicago came in and just whooped them. And specifically, Goff looked like he had no idea what to do. It was baffling. It was confusing. And it got somewhat billed as cold weather game, cold weather for Goff. But he was exposed. And he never, he never strung together a successful, consistent run of games ever again. He had that one and a half years where he could make a claim towards elite. But after that Chicago game, it was never the same. And teams, even the next two games after that, he wasn't very good. And teams definitely cracked down on it. Dallas cracked down on it, but McVay countered with great, great running. And eventually, they did go to the Super Bowl. Goff made some big plays in the New Orleans 2018 NFC Championship. But then they cratered. 60 days after this Chicago Sunday night, it cratered in the Super Bowl where Belichick basically showed the world that Goff is an imposter. The Patriots just rolled over the Rams, even though the Rams defense shut down Brady. Why? Because Goff couldn't do anything. He was a middle management quarterback, nowhere near what his numbers might indicate he was. And it all started with that wake-up call to the nation. It all started that wake-up call to the nation in Chicago 2018. The documentary flashes to Chicago's happy faces, Khalil Mack, Eddie Jackson, Matt Nagy's hugging somebody, a sad Robert Woods on the sideline, Sean McVay baffled after the fourth interception, a sad Aaron Donald walking off a soldier field Sunday night football Chicago. Now we flash to tonight. To, to last night, 2021, those same jerseys. Maybe we look at Eddie Jackson or Khalil Mack trailing sadly behind as Stafford jumps for joy with his Cabo friend Stafford. 
with Cabo Finn McVeigh and Matt Nagy's miserable on the sidelines while Ramsey and Donald are sharing just joyous looks at Stafford's awesome throws. Three years later, Sunday Night Football against Chicago. What a difference the quarterback makes, the documentary will say. Not saying it won't happen. Hey, if McVeigh wins a Super Bowl or something, this is a documentary that's going to be made. Just saying. That's my selling point to try and make the Sunday night game as exciting as the Monday night game was. What a week. What a great week. It's so nice to have football back. So nice to have football back. I just love all the storylines, but what I mostly love is just the uncertainty that comes from actually playing. Everyone is so certain in the off season. Now we're about to be hit by the fire hose. Things won't, aren't going to make any sense. Week to week, they're not going to make any sense. It's tough being a fan. It's tough being a fan. All right. Cleveland, Kansas City. I want I to talk about this one real quick. That game was huge. It was huge. I mean, there's been plenty of talk about it. I'm not going to go through the whole game. It was important, but it was also week one. I called it one of our overreaction hotspots in our last episode, win or lose for Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland, you know, they looked like they could hang. They looked like they had the game won, to be honest. I mean, they would have won. They lost by fumbles, basically. A fumble by Nick Chubb in the fourth quarter. A fumble by the punter uh, in the fourth. They had this game. They had this game. Now, fumbling is a bit of a historical hotspot for Cleveland, so let's try to get those fumbles out of the way, folks. Uh, referring to the 1987 uh, AFC Championship fumble. It was so, so significant. Its nickname is The Fumble. Oh, Ernest Biner, may you raise a Lombardi uh, with uh, with them. Though you wouldn't have won a Lombardi that year anyway. Uh, you wouldn't have beaten the was it the Redskins, I believe, at the time. Washington Football Team. Now, um, my point here is is not to focus on the fumbles, and it's not even really to focus on the fact that Cleveland could hang with the Chiefs. God, the Chiefs were a juggernaut. Boy, they sparked right up there, didn't they? My main point here is that Cleveland is upset, that the fans are upset, that, that not just Cleveland fans, but national fans are saying they should have won. They should have won. There's no moral victory here. That's the big thing. Cleveland, it's, we're past the point where you have moral victories. Oh, you're so surprised you, you competed with the, the toast of the AFC. But I propose that the fact that moral victories are no longer enough is a moral victory in itself. <laughs> That's right. Moral victories not existing anymore for the franchise is a moral victory. You'd know you've taken a step when that just the pure win-loss standing is all that matters. That is my main point. Cleveland, Kansas City, big game for the AFC. Maybe come down to a big game for the AFC seeding, but I'm not worried or making any judgments on either team based on the game. A lot of football to be played. All right. So we're going to go to the the structured part of the podcast, meme of the day, losers of the day, winners of the day. And memes of the day is just stuff I see on the internet that is funny to me. And I I love the the culture of not just what is funny, but also what... what like sticks, what people start, start talking about. Uh, one of my favorite things is Jameis's uh, quote where he's talking about the trainer and he's saying uh, the trainer, you know, he had us all prepared. Uh, we were just prepared for this game. I'll never forget what he said. Uh, what did he say? Well, he just had us really prepared. 
just like Jameis. You're just an elite comedy god. And speaking of comedy gods, so is Bill Belichick. I love his press conferences. One of his quotes in there that's gotten some some memeage is, uh, uh, were you good enough today? And he's like, yeah, good enough to lose by a point. <laughs> because they did lose by a point. <laughs> you idiot. Look at the scoreboard. Um, but the biggest meme of the day has to be the sewage water coming out of a spot above the 300 level onto the 200 level at FedEx field uh, for the Washington football team. It looked pretty clear. It's called sewage water in every title you see, but it wasn't like it was pure poop. You know, it wasn't brown, but it was some sort of water connected to the bathrooms pouring down the line. And especially on a weekend where we saw the Death Star and we saw Los Angeles SoFi Stadium and all the beautiful stadiums in Atlanta, Minnesota on display for this to happen. It's just disgusting. And there's people just filming it, laughing, taking memes with the, just the water just pouring out from the up above football team. You guys got to got to get that together. So that the sewage water outside of Washington football is Miles's meme of the day. I got to get a drop for, for all of these things, really. Losers of the day. I first want to say that Buffalo and Josh Allen are not one of them. They're losers in the sense that they underperform, but I'm not worried about Buffalo. So if we're wondering where they are, uh, they are not here. Um, losers of the day, well, the Titans, the Falcons, the Arthur Smith and Julio Jones paradox that we got going on here in week one. How can the Titans be losers because they lost Arthur Smith? A lot of good points about how Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill were, were major unperf- underperformers before Arthur Smith came to be offensive coordinator two years ago, and how this is their first game without him, and suddenly they're bad again. You know, it, it looks pretty damning. Arthur Smith, boy, the Titans sure miss him, and now they're right back to it. Yet, meanwhile, the Falcons, now coached by Arch- Arthur Smith, put up the only offensive performance that was worse than the Titans this week. Six points, no play over 18 yards. The Falcons were abysmal today at home. Both teams were at home. Titans and Falcons got blown out at home, and the offenses were terrible. Now, some will say, oh, well, the Falcons and Matt Ryan, they just they don't have any explosiveness without Hall of Fame wide receiver Julio Jones. They're missing Jones, and Pitts isn't ready, and Ridley can't carry a team, and Ryan's lost a step. So Arthur Smith just doesn't, doesn't mean anything to the Falcons, even though he's what, what was uh, missing from the Titans. But then you're like, but the Titans have Julio Jones. Yet they could barely muster any explosiveness. And they, they, they're so bad, they could barely get a first down. They had their coach, Mike Vrabel, come to the podium with a, it sucks when you lose, sucks when you get your ass kicked quote. When that quote comes out of your head coach, you didn't play well. The Arthur Smith and Julio Jones paradox. How can both of these things be true or not at once? Well, it's because it's, football's more complicated than that. <laughs> There's a lot more players on the field. There's a lot more weeks of football to play. Uh, remember, I mean, the Buccaneers got blown out last year by the by the Saints. You know, it's, there's a lot of weeks. They're individual. If this same thing happened in week 10, we'd barely care. Loser of the day, Urban Meyer. <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable how two of the biggest, fastest, most lumbering off-season narrative trains that there are, that there were have collided here in week one, the urban Meyer off season narrative 
and the Houston Texans implosion narrative. And they collide in the form of Urban Meyer not knowing what he's doing, so much so that he got beat by the imploding Houston Texans. Got blown out by them. It's awesome. This is great for this is a this is a win for the off-season narratives. Uh, Urban Meyer, I mean, I'm I, I'm off. I'm off the train. I was never on the train. I mean, I hate how he talks about football like it's 2002 and it's so condescending about it. Uh, you know, he's for those who don't know Urban Meyer's background, I'm sure most people do, but I mean, he was college coach of Utah, won national championships of Florida and Ohio State. Uh, he finally t- is taking the plunge to the NFL, but he's made some highly questionable hiring choices from trainers to Seahawks bane of existences, Daryl Bevel and Brian Schottenheimer. The NFL is different than 2002. He's drafting a running back in the first round. He's bringing in Tim Tebow. Like, there's just no respect for the process. You think you're the only one who thought Tim Tebow could, could still play. You think the whole NFL missed it after four years. They're so stupid that they couldn't even No, Tim Tebow's cut. He's cut. None of the stuff that you, that you wanted to do is working. And there's just reports. There's just so much smoke reports that he gets upset and unhinged. Why is he upset about losing a preseason game? Why, why is he upset about losing a preseason game? Because it's about power for him. That's this is pure speculation, but just, I don't know. I'm no armchair psychiatrist. I'm a television psychiatrist in which I read body language from the TV. Uh, he's just got bad body language on the sidelines. He's pouting. He's disinterested. He's blaming others. He's scowling. He's just getting flattened by the Houston Texans, getting flattened by the Houston Texans who are imploding. Watson didn't want to play. They're a laughing stock for trading away Hopkins, for trading too much for Tunsil. Just not understanding value in the NFL. They got no talent, no depth. They traded up in the draft, even though they have no depth. Yet here they are. Tyrod Taylor, Brandon Cooks, Mark Ingram, steamrolling the golden boy, Trevor Lawrence, embarrassing him. This is the most week one of week one things that is even possible. These two off-season hype trains coming together. Urban Meyer, he could go, he could have a good season, but he ain't going to get this out of his legacy. This is how his NFL career started. Hopefully, the story for Urban Meyer is the turnaround, but this is permanent. That's how you started in the NFL. That's permanent because of who it was, because of the Texans. So, Going to be very interesting to see how these seasons go for for both teams. I'm uh, I'm definitely going to take a little bit of focus on uh, the Jaguars uh, and Trevor Lawrence uh, in our Thursday preview. Winners of the day, and then I'll give an MVP of the day. Winner of the day, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. I'm doubling down. I still think he sucks. But if he is going to prove me wrong, this was a crucial game to get on tape. I had never seen him play well, to be honest. I mean, it... Uh, Everybody says he did good to Oklahoma, but not compared to Baker and Kyler Murray. Like you could, you can just one to one, one to one to one, see that the offense was clearly worst with Hertz. I mean, and look at the, look how they got blown out. So, and he sucked at Alabama. Look how good Tua and Mac Jones did with Alabama with the same position. It's like, it's really easy to see. It's really, it's almost too easy to see. However, this was the first time where I don't have any comparison points and I saw him playing well and he made a lot of good decisions. Just looked good on the field. Maybe Atlanta sucks, maybe, but I don't know. 
winner of the day, Jalen Ramsey in that star position. I just have to bring it up. I just really loved what the Rams were doing with Jalen Ramsey, that they did more of what they did with him last year, which is this star position, which some beat reporters had mentioned over camp that Ramsey was working out of the slot. You know, maybe that wasn't quite right. You know, with linebackers phasing out and and defenses needing to get smaller to cover these little slot receivers and saying, yeah, run the ball. Sure. Whatever, you know, go ahead, run the ball all day. We'll beat you. Uh, with that change that happens happening in the NFL, Ramsey has the potential to kind of set a model here. It's week one. Let's not do it, but I'm keeping paying attention to that. It's a really cool little thing that's developing. They're taking it another level than they did. Even with Shane Waldron, uh, uh winning, uh, defensive coordinator of the year or whatever he won. Uh, well, I guess he won a head coaching job out of it last year. Debo, 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 Debo Samuel, nine for 189 when healthy, one of the very best receivers to watch in this game. He really reminds me of an of a fast Golden Tate. But by the very nature of his game, I do worry about his health. <laughs> the reason he is so good is the same reason I worry about his health. He just plays with this reckless abandon, and he's so fast and so explosive. It's just fun, fun, fun to watch. Watch your Debo Samuel highlights, folks. The 49ers absolutely wallop the Lions. There's a good comeback in there, and we did a lot of Jared Goff slandering uh, earlier in this episode, but I do have to say he uh, at least showed that he should be a starting quarterback. Um, And winner of the day, I don't want us to get used to this, what the Kansas City Chiefs can do. I don't want us to get used to this. I spent years being tired of, as a kid, being tired of Steve Young and Jerry Rice and just being like, you know what, it's kind of boring. Emmett Smith, Michael Irvin, you know, Peyton Manning versus Tom Brady. Don't be bored of this stuff because you're going to miss it one day. Pat Mahomes slumbering with 10 points at half and then boom, it's just crazy. How many catches, how many targets, how many yards did this Tyree kill Travis Kelsey? Pat Mahomes, Tyree kill Travis Kelsey, healthy against the Browns. They won that game. They just, they turned the game around and it was, it was quick. <laughs> it just happens like what they did in the playoffs the last few years. Absolutely amazing. Don't ever get used to it. And MVP of week one Cardinals quarterback, Kyler Murray, 289 yards four passing touchdowns, one rushing touchdown, an incredible performance out of Kyler Murray. He looked like the Madden speed 99 create a player out there. Short little guy who's faster than everyone. It's just, it looked like he was cheating out there. The sideline scrambles within the pocket, outside of the pocket. Some of his throws were beautiful. Air it out, drops down to Christian Kirk in the corner, darts to DeAndre Hopkins, and just the the speed around him. Rondale Moore, Christian Kirk, Chase Edmonds, everyone looking super fast and crisp. That Cardinals offense was absolutely humming against the Titans. And Kyler Murray was right at the center of it. Kyler Murray is your week one MVP. We'll be back Thursday to preview week two, talk some gambling corner, pick some over-unders, pick some pick-ems. It's going to be fun. This is Miles. Thank you for tuning in. Bye. Thank you.